2: This
0: is a Lip Media Podcast. You're listening to All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea Gillis. And I'm Steph Page. We're two Canadian expats now living in Australia and the UK. Between the two of us, we've been through the ringer in our travels, experiencing missed flights, volcanic eruptions, and even a terrorist attack. It's not all that extreme, though. We've also experienced
3: heartwarming, life-changing moments and met amazing people along the way. So kick back and listen to all the shit I've learned abroad.
0: Welcome to another episode of All the Shit I've Learned Abroad. I'm Andrea. And I'm Steph. Hi, Steph. We've got a great episode this week. This one, (laughs) you took this one on, Steph. This was all you.
3: I did, and I've been wanting to do this one forever. And it was a little Mm. bit serendipitous that I got to do it when I did, because it was on the five-year anniversary to the day that I was with this person.
0: Yeah. Sometimes the universe just puts things into place like that for you in a neat little package. That is the
3: only thing the universe has put together in 2020. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um. So tell us about this episode, then. Yes,
3: so this week I spoke to Mobu from Hakima Safaris. He mm-hmm. and Hakima Safaris were my tour operator when I went to Africa and toured through Tanzania. And I get into it in the episode, so I don't want to say too much, but he was a lifesaver he is one of those people that I was so glad to know Mm. and that's why i was so excited for this episode
0: yes well we and we definitely wanted to interview someone from the black community that runs a small business yeah Um, and he immediately came to mind Um, and as you'll hear in the interview why he was such a lifesaver and yeah he's got an amazing little business um, and you should follow them on Instagram as well. Yes, definitely. There's some great photos. I yeah. even when I was looking through um, his Instagram, I immediately immediately felt like I was back in Tanzania. Oh,
3: <laughs> some like
0: amazing safari photos. And, anyways, yeah, we yeah, won't uh, talk too much. Let's get right into it.
3: Welcome to all the shit i've learned abroad i'm here today joined by mopu from hakima safaris thank you so much for coming on oh thank you so we actually first met just over five years ago right now today when i was on a safari with you and you were actually my kind of savior in tanzania not even exaggerating yes um, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to, I'm going to, we'll give everyone the story of how you and I met, but I wanted to actually ask first, because we actually originally connected on couch surfing when I was traveling all the, all around the world. And yes. so I had you as a Facebook friend, I think for about two or three months before I actually got to Tanzania. So how have you used couch surfing much? Do you like couch surfing?
1: Yeah, actually like, um, I think I was getting like an opportunity to do some kind of um, like this kind of exchange program or hospitality programs. Mm-hmm. And um, I was born in like in a place which there's a lot of tourism movement, like Arusha, which yeah. is in the middle between Majaro and Serengeti. So when I was finishing my high school, like 2012, I was doing like a lot of the work, like social work and this kind of stuff. And they meet some good people like around around the world mm-hmm. to the up, and the, the people which introduced me to co-surfing and tell me like this kind like I see you have some kind of um, like you want to meet more people in this kind of stuff to exchange your houses with different people so I mm-hmm. think this one would be like a good idea for you to interact with different people so I meet to this guy from Argentina and this guy introduced me to co-surfing actually in reality okay and uh, I started hosting from there actually yeah that's
3: how we connected and then what happened was I wasn't planning to couch surf at all in Tanzania, but I, I just kind of wanted to get to know a few people from where I was going, and I had mm-hmm. our we me and a girlfriend that was with me for that part of the trip. We already had our safari booked with another company, and I saw kind of you posting as it was leading up to me coming that you did safaris as well. So
1: yes, yeah, actually this seems like the moment when I was started it. Um, I moved to Dar es Salaam because of my university,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: I stayed there for almost like one year in university in Dar es Salaam without even having like a permanent house. So I was studying while I was doing like movement, like to stay from one house to another house. Yeah, and I get like a lot of problems from tourism, which they get like a lot of problems with this company. People they don't meet expectation. people they don't do the stuff which they promise you when they get in touch with, like, it was planned. Yeah. So in this moment, uh, people in Dar es salaam they make me, like, a serving event organizer.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
1: meet with different people. And most of the people, they told me, like, you, we think, like, you've already been with tourism people. You've already been with touristic people. So you think, like, you can do this stuff. You can start, in, like, in, doing it local way. And it's telling this destination because you are staying in the country like East Africa is the most popular destination for safari. Yeah. So this is the how like um, how it started, and um, because I stayed in Dar es Salaam without a house and moving like almost every week I'm moving. In the mm-hmm. meantime, I was the end of my study at the same time. It made me like to start like writing like short articles about like tourism about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think this is the mang of the thing which I put on my profile, and you will saw it and we started to getting touch.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, and then what happened and we have an actual, we have an episode we did about travel scams is basically we got Mm -hmm. scammed. We gave a company money who Mm -hmm. had no intention of meeting us or fulfilling it when we showed up in Africa. Mm -hmm. And we realized this just a couple days before we arrived. So I reached out to you and you literally in a matter of days planned an entire safari Mm -hmm. for us. Like, that is such a short amount of time, yes. and I'm still, like, five years later, I'm still so grateful for you. Yeah, thank you. So,
1: yes, because you- I think we've been in touch, and when we've been in touch, and you tell me, like, we, we plan to go to this company, but it happened, like, one, two, three, so I see, like, there's no way more than for me to make a step forward and try to help with the matter. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah. well, you really stepped up, because you also picked us up at the airport in Dar es Salaam, We stayed with your friends that weekend in Dar es Salaam. You took the bus with us to Arusha. Like You really went above and beyond. And that's why I'm so excited to do this episode, too, because I do want to tell anyone who's listening, if you want to go to Africa, book with Hakima Safaris. (laughs) I want to say that that straight out of the gate. So question for you. With everything going on in the world right now and COVID-19 and flights are at a standstill, people aren't really moving much. How has COVID-19 impacted Tanzanian tourism and Hikima safaris?
1: Yeah, well, that's a good question. Yeah, because like, um, you know, Tanzania, when you look about foreign occurrence, tourism with the amount of the industry, which is contributed a lot mm-hmm. with the foreign occurrence, actually. So you can see like most of the people as well, especially northern Tanzania. When we talk about northern Tanzania, we talk about Arusha, we talk about Kilimanjaro, we talk about Tanga, when we talk about this kind of the part of Indian Oceans, and when we talk, because Zanzibar as well is the part of Tanzania, when mm-hmm. we joined together in 1964. So you can see like there's a lot of big number of people who depend on tourism. Yeah. So in this case, when this matter happened, it involved like, it happened like a lot of stuff because in the first moment, a lot of people, they do cancellation especially a lot of tourism touristic people they do a lot of cancellation and yeah. most of them they want like um, a refund back and this kind of stuff because they're not sure when they're going to travel again they're yeah. not sure about the debts yeah so in this matter make a lot of the company actually before i talk about the team, i can talk about the industry in general yeah. it making a lot of the industry in general like maybe in Tanzania Kenya Uganda like um, the company to refund the money back to the client and to make like there's not a lot of circulation of money on the process. So, most of the company right now, what they did is like um, to bring some of the worker home and to remain with a few workers in the office mm-hmm. and to pay them even as well, like half salary for what they used to get paid. Yeah. So, in this case, it's make like you can see like one person in, in Africa because most of the here is like extended family, it's not like maybe. Be traveled to different country but he ate about you need to take care about the like more maybe more than 10 people you can see one person in the family take care about more than 10 people wow. so you can see like one person in tourism in the average is 10 people who is behind him they get affected with this mm-hmm. and the other people is like more than that and the circulation of man, especially these cities which they are nearby tourism sector they get like a very hard time in this moment so yeah. this is the man of the biggest impact which happened in tourism industry. Mm-hmm. But as well, when you talk about uh, Kima, I think it's almost the same. Yeah. But uh, because we make a lot of, uh, when, it, when I started it, I didn't want to be like only like the company which will make the profit to the client and this kind of things. But I was started it in order to make connection, to make connection with the people, to mm-hmm. ch- show them like Africa is safe to traveling and this kind of stuff. So still we get some kind of help from friends, some people who already been with with Kima Safari, mm-hmm. but it's still some percentage, like almost forty percent of the worker, they get some, they get impact from this matter.
3: Yeah. Now we've heard a lot about, or I've heard a lot about Australia and Canada and the U.S. government how they're, you know, trying to help people as much possible. Is the Tanzanian government, are they kind of doing anything to try to help soften the blow of all this? Or are you guys completely on your own?
1: Um, mm, actually, for this matter, I can say, because most of the people which they talk about this matter, is like um, some people from the government. But so far, I can say the sector of tourism here and uh, our ministra Amiski Gwendala actually is our minister of tourism they train a lot they try a lot to push for the market issue to push for the things to make like a lot of changes for the healthcare and to make people to feel like um, they can come again to Tanzania and travel to yeah. Tanzania again but it's still when you talk about small business example when you look at the country like Germany when you talk about small business there's a lot of effort with the government they do for the small business and this kind of thing it's the same here as well I'll they're doing a lot for, for us actually they try to do a lot to make the improvement and stuff like this one but as well they cannot I think the impact is still like um, for the matter of pro like finance wise impact is still like not in above average I can say like that
3: yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I,
3: I have seen recently I've seen ads about Tanzanian tourism opening back up you've got Qatar Airlines flying back in um, things are starting to pick up again. Do you think anything's going to be different now in this sort of post-COVID world when it comes to traveling there?
1: Uh, y- yes, because I think like um, uh, there's a lot of news which going on actually right now. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes even the media they they speaking like a lot of the stuff even more than the how the reality is and stuff like this
0: one. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but still can yeah, but it's still I can say like um. The government of Tanzania, they do so good so far right now for this matter, okay. because you can see like even a lot of procedure which they make on the national park. I've been to the national park, like maybe in the last two weeks, I've been like, of 10, like maybe three times, like five days, five days. So almost 15 days, I've been to the national park. Wow. I see like a lot of improvement. I see like even, we have like one of our organizations, is called Tato. They put some kind of ambulance over there. So there's a lot of change for the matter of the healthcare with the government, they get prepared about yeah. And it's still like example, I can say, so I can say like for me, for the people, you know, like maybe for the average it's maybe 1,000, I can say like 1,000 people, you know, for the city which I'm living, but it's still, I don't hear the news about someone who gets like maybe died because of COVID-19 or mm-hmm. something like this one. But I think the big impact right now is like the pressure because tourism we depend the market from the outside of our country. I yeah. think most of African countries, we don't invest in domestic tourism, like from the people inside the country. Mm-hmm. So this one is making the biggest problem for the people who are outside of the country, which they need to come here because they have a lot of pressure. But I think I can say the government so far right now, they try to, to do the right thing on the national park. They try to do the right things for the guide. There's a lot of causes, yeah. cause which is going on right now, which in they're helping the guide to get some lesson with mm-hmm. very like reasonable price. So right now, the company, what we are doing as well, is to pay for a guide to get this kind of certificate. So there's a lot of procedure which is going on in order to make like everything to go in a smooth way.
3: Oh, good. Good, good, good. Is social distancing a thing there?
1: Yes. Yeah, actually, for for one month ago, mm-hmm. there's a lot of restriction about this. Yeah. There's a lot of social distance as well. Yeah. We, even we don't have like a, a lot of like people to join together in this kind of things. Mm-hmm. School was closed Okay. Yeah, but school, they're going to open on 29 this month. Yeah, So on 29 this month, school, they're going to open again and all the students go back to school. Mm-hmm. But all this stuff, like, one month ago, was, like, the government was ready to make, like, a social distance and everything like this one.
3: Yeah. So
1: they try to close most of the places, mm-hmm. which they think, like, majority of the people, they're going to stay together without the social distance.
3: Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm remembering my time there. And I, like, I remember... I would think almost doing a safari right now would be the perfect social distancing activity because if you're only with your, you know, your group that you went with and your tour guides, you know, we Mm -hmm. had our own safari jeeps. We had our own tents at night. We actually didn't need to come into many contact, come into much contact Mm -hmm. with many other people. So I would think Mm -hmm. a safari would be the perfect thing for people to do. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, Now I'm going to ask, have you seen much of the news coming out of, the USA right now, um, what's happening there with the Black Lives Matters yeah, movement. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. For
3: me, one of the most important aspects of travel has always been learning and experiencing new cultures, which in turn, I've always thought, makes us more accepting of people from different cultures and different races. Now, I would think in my head, logically, but sometimes that fails, I would think that everyone coming to Tanzania is kind of expecting that experience. They're expecting you know, a different culture, different language, different races. But I have to ask, have you ever encountered any racism from tourists who have come to Tanzania?
1: Mm, no, actually. Oh, <laughs> I think, like, um, the thing which happening, there's most of the people who they traveling. Mm-hmm. I think they already become, like, um, they already, like, experience different culture and this kind of things. Okay. It's very rare to find someone who coming here, like, um, who is not, like, who is not, like, Maybe I can use this way. I don't know if it's right or not. But he, most of the people come here, they're really like open minded, they already like you see things. So yeah. most of the people coming here, even if they are they have like racist, they try to go very well with the community. So so okay. far for tourism coming here, there's nothing which happened like that.
3: Oh good. I'm happy to hear that. Because you hear horror stories yeah. coming out of yes. often Mexico and South America of people mm. who were surprised <laughs> um yeah. to find they have different cultures and different races there, so I'm really happy to hear that. Um, it has been five years since we were on Safari together. You've been traveling mm-hmm. all around the world yourself for some time as well, I've seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: As a tourist yes, in other, right. <laughs> As a tourist in <laughs> other countries, have you yourself experienced any racial discrimination while you're traveling?
1: Yes, I think that's one like um, I can say big yes for that actually. Mm. But I think even the, the the problem I think I don't know. I think people because even the biggest problem is that from most of the African most of the African airports. Okay. Because you can see like um, my first trip I do Southeast Asia and uh, I was alone actually from from one airport to another airport from Africa to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Mm -hmm. But even you can see, like I arrived to the airport and it's my fellow, my fellow like black people, but they don't believe why are you going to travel there for tourism? So you can start getting like a lot of the problem even before Mm -hmm. you arrive to another destination, which is outside of Africa country. So I was getting like, I was going to to Malaysia first for Saturdays, but in the airport, they told me I need to have like $100 per day to Malaysia. So it means I need to carry like $3,000 on the pocket, in order to can show to the airport to go to Malaysia with. Jeez. Which I would think like this one is not like, this one is not fair for travel industry because you can see like a white person. There's hmm. nothing like this one. But this is, I think it's about, um, I think it's about mentality. We need to solve our problem. We need to solve our problem by ourselves first before as well we go far away to look for other people who think about this in a different way. Mm-hmm. So this is like this one. But so the problem is starting like here. But when you arrive to most of the country, it's the same problem. Like a lot, even of the kind of when they see you're black, a lot of the movement which they make to see like the situation is not like good enough and these kind of things. So I think this, this one is happening a lot, especially if you're a black person and you're traveling. Even if you already have the visa, but still they can stop you at the airport, a lot of questions like five hours, six hours, and this kind of stuff. So they're always believing like, why are you traveling? Are you coming from Tanzania? Are you Tanzanian? But why are you traveling right now? For tourism, why are you coming to tourism maybe in Asia, maybe in Europe, and this kind of stuff? So I think, yes, from inside to Tanzania to go out, there's a lot of problems like that.
3: So it almost sounds like everyone's almost a bit suspicious that because you're from Tanzania, you you just can't be a tourist. You're there for some other reason. Yes.
1: Jeez. Yes, so you're going there for some other reason. Because I remember um, my first trip, because I was crossing from Malaysia to Singapore, I was passing one of the borders called the Jobaru. But I was having, like, I was having, like, my girlfriend for that time, which right now she's my wife. And <laughs> Congratulations, she's the white by the way. <laughs> and, uh, <yeah. laughs> Thank you. She's the white person. And um, when we arrive on the border, they, they allow my girlfriend to pass. But when I come, they say, like, you can wait there. And maybe in five minutes, I see almost, like, five, like, immigration police. They come, they take me from upstairs. And a lot of questions, even to look on my phone, to look on my message, to look like something like this one. So there's a lot of stuff for a black person going, like, to the... Second world country or first world country, there's a lot of stuff which I think is not comfortable and is not necessary.
3: Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my questions was with you being black and your wife being white, do you think you've traveled to places where maybe you were seen traveling with a white woman you didn't experience racism where you might have otherwise or vice versa? Like, Do you ever find that as a mixed race couple, you're, you're given a harder time about it?
1: Yes, actually, it's still there. So you can see, like, even, like, maybe your wife is in front. You can get, like, a stamp you can cross or in the airport. But when you're coming, they know, like, you're you're together, but still they can give you some hassle a little bit.
3: Jeez. That's, ugh. This stuff makes me so mad. (laughs) Um, Andrea and I have spoken in previous episodes that we've done about how, you know, we feel pretty privileged to hold Canadian passports in that getting visas Mm -hmm. is has been pretty simple for us and we try not to take that for granted i'm wondering what it's like traveling with a tanzanian passport like do you have trouble getting visas even
1: Mm. yeah because the biggest problem i think the business program is it starts from the color Mm. so um, even for the most of the embassy they can give you visa but if you go with them with the empty passport without any stamp, because most actually of African they don't have like passport. People yeah. they have ID and this kind of things. So most of African traveler, when they start going outside of Africa, that's the time which they're trying to find the passport, a new passport, this kind of stuff. So when even like you go, most of the embass, when they see your passport is empty, you don't have like any record of traveling, there's a lot of yeah issue happen like this. Mm. So um, I remember even like one, one time when I was having like my, my first visit to, to Europe, I go to one of the embassy, actually, due to some reason I cannot mention the, uh, the name of the embassy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I go to one of the embassy and um, I was having like all the documents and as well, like one of the countries I was going, the nearby country was, was working together with the Kima to help some kind of woman in the southern part of Tanzania. But it's still like when I was arriving there, the the counselor gave me back my insurance, my health insurance, and he took all the documents. And then when I waited for four days, they say your visa is canceled because <gasps> you don't bring the health insurance and they give to them. No. So, but he told me, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's can happen like this one sometimes.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's just intentional. That's, he just wanted to deny your visa. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, because, oh. like, I can see among of the reasons, like, the reason is, like, you don't bring health insurance. And they know, like, even the country which I'm going, I'm working is one of the universities which were helping African woman in Tanzania, but still they give me my health insurance back. And they tell me the reason I didn't bring the health insurance oh,
2: for cancellation.
1: Geez. Yeah.
3: Are there any countries or cities that you've traveled to where you, have you know, faced any racism that you wouldn't want to return to as a result of it?
1: I think, like, um, I think, to racism is not good. Yeah, it's not really good. But I think sometimes for me, I take, like, um, I enjoy it. I can get, like, racism. I can go to the cafe and I can have a cup of coffee. I can smile. I can feel like this is fine. It's gonna happen. But I remember, like, one day I was in Krakow. I was mm-hmm. in Krakow, Poland. I was traveling around and I go to Krakow. And I see, like, one of the jeep. And the jeep was, well, like, he was carrying, like, this kind of food high school students who finished like uh, high school. So they go on this kind of military services this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So when they see like I'm walking and I was, I was walking with a friend, they started like stopping the car and laughing and this kind of stuff, which oh directed, laughed, directed to me, but it actually I didn't care. So I can say this is among the worst experience which I had because I didn't expect anything, like even special people who, those kind of, kind of people, which they can do something for me like this one, because I feel like they already have experience, they're open minded in this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, this is among the worst experience. But it's still, I love the city. I'm thinking yeah. like I will go there more and more because like uh-huh. this is, that's this kind of experience so far.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, they're lucky that you're so great. And I will say that our guest last week, actually, when I asked, we asked her that same question, she said Poland. She said she wouldn't go to Poland because of everything she's heard about it. Oh, so that's interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's still like, yeah, it's like there's some people like that one, but it's still like it's very, it's very beautiful country. The culture, the people, they're open-minded and everything.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's
1: like that. If, example, like, yeah, I was in like in the supermarket as well and they did a the big fall in. I was one of the cities called Wirtwa in Poland. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was trying to go, I was buying some kind of, um, some kind of vodka from Poland and this kind of stuff. As you but do in Poland, there, yeah. when I was there, they asked me, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when I was arriving to pay, she said for me, like, no, 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 I cannot see, I cannot, like, um, I cannot, like, give you the service. I want to see your passport and these kind of things. But all the people behind me, which they are Polish as well, there's been, like, protecting me, like, why are you asking the passport of this guy? So, this kind of stuff. So, oh. this is the problem. Sometimes you can buy, like, some stuff, they can think, they can think, like, your card is not working, this kind of stuff. So, there's a lot of stuff which is going on, like this one, but it's still, like, I think that is a part of experience. We need to we need to learn from it, and they believe changes will come.
3: Yeah! Wow! I'm re- and I'm really glad those people spoke up for you because that, I mean, that is bullshit <laughs> that they did that to you.
1: Yeah, it's you're crazy. traveling
3: all around the world, and I know we had to, we had to do this interview today because you're traveling tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Where are you off to?
1: Yeah, actually, right now I need to because I'm having like um. I get like a baby girl last year in September. Yeah. So I want to go to see my baby because I was stuck in Tanzania since February. Yeah. Because I need to be in Tanzania as well. Yeah, I need to be in Tanzania for all this time because to be nearby with my staff to see like how we can move with COVID and this stuff like this one. Mm-hmm. So right now I think yeah, I'll be heading to Warsaw in two weeks to three weeks. I'll be heading to Warsaw. Yeah. To Warsaw? Warsaw Poland. I'll be going yeah. to Poland. Yeah, to Warsaw. Because I okay. need to go to see my baby. She's, she turned nine months yesterday. Uh,
3: so that's, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I and mean, I knew you had a little girl now. So you're stuck in Tanzania mm. and with everything going on with COVID. Yeah, you're separated from your wife and your baby. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to hear that. that <laughs> there's just so many stories like that happening in the world that we don't think of how people are just not able to be together. So I'm so happy you're able to fly over there tomorrow. Do you have yeah, to quarantine yeah, so when you few get weeks, there? Do
1: that. Uh, actually, there's no like a lot of information which I get from the embassy. But today I was talking with the embassy mm-hmm. because right now I have like, um, I have, like a resident in, in Europe. So yep. I was talking with the embassy and they told me like I can make an appointment like a few weeks from now. So I can go there and get all this information which is necessary. So, so far right now what I know is like um, people within the European Union. Mm-hmm. They travel around. They they travel around like the country without like um yeah this kind of restriction and this kind of stuff. Most of the countries they open their border, but within the European Union. Yeah. But for me, because I'm coming from out, I'm going to inside. That's why I decided to make like appointment to the embassy in order to get all information necessary. Yeah.
3: I'm gonna ask, and I'm kind of segueing here. How? <laughs> For anyone listening, because I want, I do really want to let everyone know, because tons of people I know no. want to go on an African safari. They haven't yet. Mm-hmm. So, where, when mm-hmm. I was there, I did the Serengeti, I did Gorongoro Crater, I went to Zanzibar. Elephant Cave? Yeah, the Elephant Cave. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but that wasn't at the top of my list.
1: Uh, I remember that. Yeah, it was <laughs> Tarangire, Elephant Cave, Serengeti, Gorongoro, Zanzibar. Yeah.
3: That's right. Good memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you normally do? What do you offer to people who are coming and they want to go on a safari? Mm,
1: yes. Actually, like um, we, when we started, actually, the time, I think you are among my first client. Yes. When I started this business <laughs> those days, actually. Awesome. So from that time, yeah, from that time, it was based in most of Northern Tanzania,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is like Serengeti, Ngorongoro, Arusha National Park, Tarangire. Mount Kilimanjaro. Yep. But as well, after the moment, we start extending. We do as well in southern, southern Tanzania. Okay. We do some different kind of national park in Tanzania, like Sadani, Mikumi, Ruwa National Park. Okay. And as well, right now, we have one um, national park. It's is like, uh, it's called Yirunge. It's just a new one mm-hmm. as well, which is very good. Okay. But um, we run, actually, we run different trips to Kenya. We working with one of the agents from United States right now, so they send us some different group as well to Kenya. So as well, we have some clients from who they book directly via Kima. So we run in Kenya, and this last year we operate like one of the trip to Gorilla Uganda.
3: Okay, you're doing Gorilla. oh
1: <laughs> yes we do gorilla right now and this year on november we are going to arrange like one of the big group which we are going to start from tanzania we're going to kenya and it'll be mm-hmm. exceptional for people who want to go to uganda as well we'll do it like that okay so right now we cover tanzania and kenya and uganda so far right so now.
3: you're you've really grown that is amazing
1: yeah, I, but because of the people like Key, good clan, they always supporting us. <laughs>
3: good. Well, I, a gorilla trek in Uganda is actually near the top of my list right now, and I didn't know you were doing that. So I'm obviously going to book that through you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're doing like, we're running like, um, anyone can book any day to go to Uganda with us. But among of the biggest group which we are running, we're running like one group in November and we're running another group in June 2021. So, gotcha. but this group is going to be like, um, it's going to be like community, supporting community group. Mm-hmm. Because the, the people get picked up from Tanzania, we'll go to Masai. we want to provide one of the places called the Monduliju. We mm-hmm. want to offer some tank of water and this kind of stuff. Then after that one, we'll proceed with the National Park to Kenya, then we'll end up with Uganda. But any day, any time, we can arrange this kind of the group to anyone.
3: Wow, that sounds amazing. And you offer tours too. I know when we went, we were kind of backpacking and we did, you know, little um, like two individual tents. Mm-hmm. But you do, you do everything from full on, you know, someone on a budget to, mm-hmm. you know, really higher end yeah. safaris as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, we're doing, like, all, the, um, all of the categories. Yeah. Because on the beginning, we, was doing, we were starting with budgeted. Because, like, yeah. you see, like, the story which inspired me to start what I did is about and Cootsurfing is most of backpackers for those days.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, for those days, I wanted these kind of people who they think, like, they don't want to spend more to see, like, the reality of Africa, to see how things move in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, I was starting like that. But right now, because we're starting to work with different companies, different agents, we move in all categories. Yeah.
3: Wow. That's awesome. I'm honestly, I didn't know I was one of your first clients. So I'm so happy to hear that. And yeah,
1: yeah. You are the one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's been exciting watching you grow. Mm -hmm. So is there anything before we wrap up that you want to tell our listeners about Hakima Safari or tell them about Tanzania? What should people know?
1: Yeah, I think they need to know like, um, uh Akima Safari, there's a lot of challenges going on, especially even because of this COVID-19, which is started like mm-hmm. since like February until now, there's a lot of challenges which we're passing on. Yeah. But it's still like the all the employees, they have like the same spirit which they're having like last year. Mm-hmm. So in this case as well, like we can provide like we can provide the same service and everything, like the way we used to be.
3: Awesome.
1: So we welcome everybody in Tanzania and um, Actually, special, special thanks as well for government for all what they're doing so far right now mm-hmm. in Zania because, yeah, we want to see it with different countries and all this improvement they're doing with the Ambles, all this improvement they're doing from healthcare. They're, I think they're trying to make a step, which is that we ensure our clients, our honest clients, and everything's going to be good so far. And um, thank, you, thank you for giving us this opportunity for talking all this, what we talk.
3: Of course. I'm so excited. I love you guys. So I just want to see you... Yeah back at full capacity again so thank you so much for joining us this week and
1: okay thank
0: you
3: i'll talk to you soon oh i
0: love him (laughs) i do too and i don't even know him so i feel like this means (laughs) i need to go back to tanzania and let's do it go on a safari with him um Um,
3: hello no let's not go back to tanzania for safari let's do the uganda gorilla track yeah
0: i mean i i like the idea it sounds good we're gonna
3: do it andrea just all right uganda
0: 2021 it is when we can actually travel again all right guys thanks for listening we'll see you next week all the shit i've learned abroad is a travel podcast focused on anything and everything related to travel you can listen to us on multiple platforms from itunes to google play music and more and with that please if you have a chance give us a five-star review on itunes or whatever platform you listen on that drives us up the charts and really, really helps us out. Want to support us on Patreon? Find us over at Shit I've Learned Abroad Pod. And donations start as low as just $1. Also, if you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Shit Abroad Pod and Facebook by searching all the shit I've learned abroad. Thanks so much for listening.